podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. You'll notice it's not the voice of Boyd Hilton. He's off doing something showbiz once again. So I'm here, Psychic Josh, in the hot seat. I'm joined by three guests. First up in Sidekick today, Little Will. How Hello. are you, Little Will? Not bad at all, not bad. So you, you went to Goodison Park, we'll, we will talk about it in more detail. And that Indeed. was your 40th game of the season, is it? Uh, I think it was like game number 41. 41, you, and you haven't missed one yet? I haven't missed, I haven't missed a domestic away game for about... Uh, 40 odd attempts now so but I missed a couple of home games this season which sort of ruins it so if we do end up winning the league then I look back on Stoke and Man United at home as the uh, the blips which, right. which is not entirely possible you'll be embarrassed you never, never know you'll be embarrassed that you didn't bother going Absol- most of the time absolutely Gareth um, possibly the bear Parker is here as well of the homeless FA and you've got some water with I've you got, I've got fizzy some, water, yeah, some, mineral water some San, pa- some pa- San Paolo um, is that your typically default? middle class that's my yeah this is my uh, sparkling water of choice uh, again getting further and further away from the bear nickname basically okay I think you've got to come closer to the mic that's what really? I'd say as well I think so not I'm that we've got almost, headphones here today kiss, we're being I'm very almost, open I'm with you I'm kissing the mic there's but. no headphones okay um, Gareth you were also at Goodison Park yes yeah yeah uh, two rows in front of Wood actually um, indeed which was looks spiffing yeah. absolutely spiffing mate. it's beautiful which one of you held the banner I'm also I'd say we're joined by Trevor Harris who's back for his second podcast of the season um, Trevor you were commentating you said on the, on the game I was so I wasn't next to these two gentlemen I was, in, I was on the gantry and I'd almost forgotten Josh what it was like to win in the league almost was it against Leicester our previous win in I believe the that's right Bournemouth where we thought was it Leicester um, which was I've lost track of the whole season I think Leicester I think I Bournemouth think, were the week before wasn't I it think I, 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 I'll, I'll confirm in about a minute look it up <laughs> look it up <laughs> on your phone look, I mean get, if we were a proper organisation I think Bournemouth as well I'm going to vote Bournemouth ok um, of course when Danny Welbeck scored that goal we were about to come back into the title race and uh, invariably win the league but uh, <laughs> sadly not um, how is the view from the Everton gantry uh, it was good. I mean, I, actually, I love Goodison Park as a ground. It, it reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of Highbury. Yeah. It's got that kind of feel to it, old-fashioned English football Absolutely. ground. It's one of my favourite away days. Absolutely oh, love it. I'm Probably because you weren't behind a pillar. Because that's one <laughs> yeah. of the few places you can still go and be like, how did I end up here? Yeah, no, I did I did uh, share a photo from the, the, the front. We were right in the front row. Uh, and we'll get on to Coquelin's reaction at the final whistle, which is, again, a very intimate moment for, for us down there at the front. Uh, but I shared a, so I was like, terrible view, uh, fantastic performance. Uh, and then Paul, guy that owns Pybury Corner, uh, just texted me straight back with a photo of his exact view at that moment, which was bang behind the pillar. Uh, so it was going well. I can't even see the f- fantastic performance. So yeah, there is a there is a, a lovely old fashioned pillar filled vibe to Goodison Park. Yeah, I remember being at Goodison Park, possibly on the day that Nielsen scored an unbelievable goal. One, and I think I, well, six, not that I saw six, it because one six one. Yeah, yeah. Marlon got a debut. That goal. in itself was Great a serious up, collector's item. <laughs> yes, and sadly I was behind a pillar, so I barely saw it. But I do remember that. And also the same as Anfield, as I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast. If you're in those yeah, two Anfield, rows at Anfield, and it's hot. If you go there on a day, it's like a sweat box Anfield as well. Yeah, so there's a lesson here: get new grounds. But Everton have just got 150 million pounds apparently about to be spent mm. by this new 
new guy, Mashiri. So uh, they might be able to get rid of the, the pillars and find a better solution, I so, suspect. I like the fact you went to that Danielson memory. My favourite Danielson memory is still when Phil Dowd overtook him whilst tracking back. That was a pivotal <laughs> moment in his career, wasn't it? I think it was. It was. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I know we laugh about it, but that was one of the most pathetic things Phil I've ever seen Dowd. of a professional footballer in my life. I can't remember that, but I, I, I don't know. I saw later. a linesman outrun Julio Baptista once. Um, that was so. It was a similar sort of thing. I was hammered for saying Nicholas Bentner had talent on his podcast. I thought Danielson had talent as well, but we won't open that discussion in case I get laughed at just as much as I did on that. Podcast. Is this distraction? Is this distraction technique? We're talking about Danielson here rather than talking about. I'd rather do uh, that. I mean, what here? Yeah, we've got no interest in talking about the actual club at the moment <laughs> <laughs> because we're not going to win the league. Those, are we? those, those halcyon days of Danielson. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's kind of the, the epitome of. We've anyway, got, the reason why those banners are being shown at the moment, I blame Danielson. Yeah, we've got a John Jensen segment coming up as well, just to try and talk about further glory days. Are we going to talk about Gus, Gus Caesar later Gus as well? Caesar, yeah, we've got all the big names coming up. Yeah. No, um, just before we get onto the game at Goodison Park, so so you must have been up there pretty early to go and do TV coverage for the international feeds. Is that right? Yeah, I was actually. I, I was doing. I did Arsenal's game on the Saturday, and then I I did the uh, the United the, the Manchester derby on the Sunday. Um, so I stayed up up north for the weekend. But I thought it was a I thought it was a. I a far better performance from Arsenal, although that's probably damning with faint praise because it couldn't be much worse than the likes of Watford, Swansea, United. Um, Everton were awful, I thought, and their fans were on their backs fairly mm. quickly. That, mm-hmm. I was surprised yeah. quite how quickly, actually. Well, we sort of forget, but you have to look at the league table and realise Everton are not doing that well, and their home form has been absolutely yeah. outrageous. West Brom are above them. Four wins in the league at home all season for Everton. Which, and when yet, you look at their squad, it's ridiculous. The Chelsea game. The week, the week before, at yeah. home, apparently with less pressure, blah, 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 they, they absolutely ruin a resurgent Chelsea. Um, yeah, a Chelsea team that hadn't lost to be yeah. as much under, you know, under Hiddink. They have only lost, what, in the Champions League that game to PSG. Have they lost in the league under him now? No, they, um, no, they haven't. Uh, and you look, but you look at the talent in that Everton side, and I think that's one of the things that the Everton fans are so annoyed about, is that on paper, and you go back to the Clough adage of football's not played on paper, but on paper, that's a good side. They've got some real talent, and yet they're not getting the most out of it when it's not consistent, which sounds strangely familiar, doesn't it? Possibly. I mean, they, they've even got a, you know, a player they turned £40 million down for on the bench at the moment. Yeah, amazing. Someone that was you know, seen as an absolute... You know. His stock has gone down quite considerably, hasn't it, over the last yeah. four or five months? I, I wonder whether he's starting to, or he started to believe his own publicity a little bit. Um, and Martinez has just had enough of it Well I think they, they signed Funes Mori And there was yeah. a lot of scepticism about him Because he was a South American defender Signed for a cheap amount of money And maybe he wouldn't, uh, in quotation marks Get the league or get how English football like, played um, Like Gabriel and, Yeah, but he soon started to kind of grow into the team But he He's, kind of had the Vermaelen syndrome That we had a few years ago yeah. Yeah, He scored about seven or eight goals but can he actually kind of hold a defence down? I think, listen, I think Stones is absolutely fantastic. And he, at the time, maybe, thought, obviously, English prices are very inflated, but he is worth a lot of money. He's so good on the ball. He brings it out comfortably. He's, he's confident. I was going to say, F- Funes Mori, though, on Saturday, talking about South American defenders and not wanting to stereotype at all and we talk about Gabriel, at least Funes Mori is subtle in his cynicism and, and, and foul play. Uh, Gabriel is he's a lunatic, isn't he? Like I've, I haven't actually watched him in as such close quarters. I mean, I've, I've watched him a lot, but being front row, seeing the snarling, biting, fighting, and he loved the scrap he had on Saturday. He loved playing against I, Lukaku. He relished that scrap. Like, I think he, he wants did, strikers he to try and almost rattle him because he'll then fight. But he's a fighter. Whereas Funes Mori is just a 
dirty bastard. But, but, but I, find, I, I kind of agree with you, but I think it's bizarre because Gabriel, in certain situations, I think looks like an amateur footballer. Two goals I can think of off the top of my head. The goal we conceded at Norwich and the goal we conceded to Igalo. Um, in the cup against Watford recently yep. yeah. both almost the same he's in the right position namely that he's goal side of the striker and he just lets the guy yeah. turn and get a shot in without making any kind of challenge that's, that's really he basic he also loves uh, slice out for a corner that is his <laughs> his like tour de force is the heart in mouth I don't know where this is going slice out just over the bar we should probably also know that had the right decision been made in that FA Cup game, he wouldn't have been playing the last couple of games. Could have been sent off for that tackle on Troy Deeney. Yeah, but let's which was pretty pretty terrible. But anyway, this has been quite out. negative because we did we <laughs> yeah. did win we did win two 0 and won well. We had Alex Awobi score his first goal for the club and play fantastically a well. Player who's already committed his future to playing for Nigeria. It's already played yes. for, I think the national. Although team. a couple of journalists didn't pick up on that, and a couple of pundits thought that he should be. Reckon for England. I love it when I got, so I got told. I hope I'm not out of place saying this on the podcast. I got told one of John Fashnu's roles in his sort of Nigerian football <laughs> association, yeah. being a bit of a big name, is he goes around and um, any of the sort of second generation Nigerian footballers that are here or playing elsewhere in Europe, he works pretty heavily to persuade them that they should be committing their international futures to Nigeria. Oh, is that a gladiatorial role? <laughs> or, a or, that's my favourite John Fash news story comes from when you know the soccer Can I just clarify, you have a lot of favourite there are a few most of them end up with him coming across as a really abhorrent person but this just comes across as him being a terrible footballer where the soccer sixes you know when they used to have the and I think they might still do that but they used to have a thing where you'd have, you'd have celebrity teams and there'd be one ex-pro per team and they'd be shared out and a friend of mine tells this great story it was a Kiss FM team they, they, they were given John Fashionu and there was a, a massive he was there he was their professional or ex-professional player and they were playing against teams with Ian Rush and Peter Beardsley and apparently Ian Rush one-touch goal one-touch goal all the time John Fashnu was their worst player on their side <laughs> and Peter Beardsley in the dressing room answer after went across to my friend and was like I feel sorry, I feel for you like it still rankles that we lost to that in Wimbledon side because <laughs> they were talentless blah 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 and he is one of the worst worst professional footballers and my mate was like you have to tell me I've just passed him four or five times and he's missed <laughs> so yeah that's my favourite John Fashion story but maybe he's very convincing in his uh, Nigerian ambassadorial role well yes. to use the old cricket line he certainly wasn't the best footballer in his family was he <laughs> no, no, no I guess not um, so Fashion aside um, we, should, we should probably go back to the, uh, yeah, the game, game. and Alex Awobi well, I mean, there was a bit of surprise that he started in Barcelona. It won't be, it's probably fair to say. And there were yeah. people suggesting that was almost Wenger looking ahead to the Everton game. I didn't feel that at the time. I thought he obviously feels that Iwobi deserves the opportunity. He so nearly rescued a, you know, a draw against yeah. Watford when he hit the post and then somehow Welbeck missed and somehow we're out of the FA Cup. And that's another very sad thing at the moment at Arsenal Football Club. Uh, but Iwobi was, was really impressive, I thought. Yeah, well, often you get these players that come along who have such a fierce desire to be on the ball. And Welbeck sort of got it as well. And I thought Welbeck and Iwobi combined really well in that sense because when Iwobi gets the ball, he doesn't look to release it straight away, but he's so good at carrying the ball from deep positions. I thought that really helped our attacking moves on uh, on Saturday. And Welbeck and Iwobi, you know, that, that lovely little, 
normal interchange where they flicked it behind to each other was just uh, I thought it was indicative of the way Arsenal wants to play football and he's obviously seen this in Awobi Awobi's come along in his little orange boots and his low socks and he's just hit the ground running and you know it's an old football cliche to say one of our own's come along and you know it, there is something sentimental about having one of your own but he's been with us since he was seven I think he signed in 2003 and there was a yeah. photo put up online yeah. what great photo that is and to see him making his um, full league start first league start away to you know to quite a tricky Everton team I mean sometimes you say wherever they are in the league it's a tough place to go it's like yeah. an Anfield or something like that he he just took to the occasion brilliantly and that, that touch and from Bellerin's pass is such a hard technique to perfect especially when you're so young as well so oh, it's just like it was really really refreshing to he's see very aware he's very bright he, it's, it's a bit refreshing the refreshing thing for me is someone who's got that amount of awareness no matter what yeah. his age we're used to seeing these kind of high risk impact players in those support roles um, Alexis Theo Oxide Chamberlain who we get very frustrated at because they make lots of bad decisions they make not so much Alexis because he seems to have carte blanche on being able to make bad decisions because he, he tries um, and I listen I love Alexis I just think that he shouldn't be playing at the moment but Iwobi is phenomenal at his deci- with his decision making he's, he's a confident young man he's able to bring people into the game much better than those people I've just mentioned he's not all about himself as well he's he's, he's touch his awareness his movement is brilliant and watching that again as I've, I've seen him play a few times now but really he, he shone on Saturday and he didn't just shine because he scored he shone because he demanded the ball he wanted the ball he was bringing people into the game he was one threading the ball through the world but he was trying things yeah he was trying some things that maybe didn't come off but most of the time he was doing what I used to love Robert Perez for doing which is playing the right ball he was playing the right pass so often and bringing the right person into the game and all of a sudden we were away. And I think, sort of, again, honourable mentions to Coquelin and Elneny who allowed him to play in that yeah. way because they are a phenomenal pairing in midfield. They both are able to stop the game and start the attack. And with someone like Iwobi, he's the person that can carry from them up to, up to the striker. Yeah, can I say just... Sorry to man, but actually, the first goal was a, a wonderful goal, a classic Arsenal goal. But in some ways... I kind of preferred the second goal because we don't score enough goals like that. I won't say it was a long ball because Bellerin was aiming for it, but it wasn't a smack up the pitch. A long it was pass. actually a decent. It was a decent ball. Yeah, yeah it was one of those. If Beckham had played it, yeah. it's magnificent, great vision. But I actually I agree with you completely. I think in that situation, if it be, if that was Walcott, probably wouldn't have scored. If that was uh, Oxlade, probably wouldn't have scored. Iwobi's got that kind of freedom and self confidence uh, of a young player, a teenage footballer. And um, I think he actually almost deliberately stuck it between the keeper's legs. It was a, it was a really good finish. It's a great goal, actually. I really enjoyed it. More than the first goal, even though the first goal was technically better. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was such an enjoyable goal to, to see him get it. But yeah. what, what are and, you and thinking now? A celebration. I thought you were about to say his over-exuberant pow-pow celebration. Your first goal for <laughs> yeah, Arsenal. I like it. Yeah. No, I like yeah. it. Pure joy. There was, no, there was no contrived I element like... to it. He was overjoyed to have scored that goal. And presumably, yeah. I mean, you mentioned there, Will, correctly, the photo that's been online of him, age seven, is a very cute photo. The last person to come through our academy, what, Wilshire, probably, presumably, and score yeah. a goal for the club. So, you know, what's that, six years ago now, Wilshire? Yeah. Seven years ago, maybe Wilshire scored his first goal for the club. So it's nice for the fans, I think, to, yeah. to see that. Um, but what are you thinking now, Trevor, if you're Theo Walcott? Because it's one thing when you start the season as the main central striker. It's another when Giroud comes back in the team. And then you've got all these people coming in out the side. Joel Campbell sort of kept you out for a little bit. And now you've got Alex Iwobi potentially keeping you out the side. And you're sat on the bench and you don't even come on it any point of the game did it, it even warm up by the way that's how I couldn't see they well, you were nearer than I was and you were all nearer than I was 
I'm kind of reminded when I used to work a lot with Stuart Robson when we commentated together. He once he once said to me, <laughs> what, "What joy that must have been!" Uh, no, I'm, I actually really like Stuart, and he once he once said to me, "Why so? Why is that funny? Why is that so funny?" There's 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 there are many reasons, but probably off air. No, I think with, with Stuart, you know, what, actually I think as a, as a co-commentator and a pundit, I think he's always good when I hear the, the uh, international feeds, but he is a bit negative on Arsenal for my there's, life. There's a level of, bit, a, there's bit. a level of bitterness. Feels, I don't know. Like, just he just thinks he pick, uh, picks on Arsenal a bit too But I must much. say, when he used to come into somewhere where I used to work as a pundit, I, you know, he was fair, always very fair. nice to deal with and, and very nice. I just sort of don't like, maybe I'm biased because he's so anti, anti-Wenger and I'm kind of not. Well, um, his comment that I always remember in yeah. his description of uh, Theo Walcott was he's an athlete in football boots. And to some degree, I think that's a little harsh, but to some degree I know exactly what he means because Walcott's technique is pretty woeful. He has the one element we all know he's quick and that does frighten defenders that don't like it. But I don't think he's come on anywhere near as much as he should have. And to answer your question... I'd be extremely concerned about ever getting back in the team because Iwobi, the way he, he's, he has started, Oxlade, I think, is ahead of Walcott in the pecking order in Wenger's mind when he's fit. I know he's not at the moment, but, but would be. Uh, I think he's going to have a devil of a job to get back in that team. I can't believe he's in the England squad, actually, which see, he is yeah, somehow. See, the, the Oxlade Chamberlain thing, I, 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 I don't think take issue with. I don't actually care that deeply about it to take issue with it. I, I think that at the start of the season, everyone thought it would be. The Oxes break like this would be it. This would be it. And Wenger has had a lot of faith in him. I think from his sort of the use before his injury, um, his performances before his injury, and and uh, and the fact that I'm hearing lots of things about him maybe being available in the summer um, makes me think that kind of Oxlade is probably close to the exit door, close to the exit door than Theo is. Um, Theo still does have this kind of impact element to his game. Um, I think that he is when he's out of form, he's really out of well, form, and that's the concern. Here's a question for you, then, Gareth. If who do you think would command a bigger fee if they were sold, Walcott Theo. or Oxlade? Theo. Theo. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be similar. Similar, much. I think. I think because of there's an element of stature. He's done it more. There is a his PR is better within the game. You you speak to uh, you go back to the Carlos Puyol. Who's the hardest player you've ever played against? Theo Walcott. Uh, the, the, for someone like Mind that, you, you're, against... you're quicker than Carlos Puyol. Though, aren't you? <laughs> Anyone with pace is going to frighten him. Yeah, but but I think th- there is there is an element of stature within the game which Theo does. Have. Theo, I think again, people are very down on Theo, and I feel like I should almost stick up for him because Boyd's not here. But despite the fact that Boyd, <laughs> Boyd and I were at loggerheads last time about the Theo Giroud uh, debate, which actually again on on Saturday someone sidled up to me. Um, which yeah sounds a bit more threatening than it actually was. Yeah. But came up after Drew had come on, clearly not knowing me, which is nice, uh, and not knowing my step, and went, "Hey, shit, isn't he?" And I was like, "You've totally come to the wrong person here, mate." Like, um, sort of found a member of the Olivier Giroud fan club. Um, plus, he will give us more. He will get the ball sick, and he scored a legitimate goal, which should have stood on Saturday. And again, he gives us something. He's not a superstar. He's not a world class striker. No, but you know what you're getting from Giroud. With Theo, however, it's inconsistent, and that's a concern I think for me. Which is Iwobi, I think, will turn in seven out of ten or better performances every week. However, Theo can be 10 out of 10 one week and 2 out of 10 the next week. And it's whether we want someone who's consistent and will kick on. I think Iwobi looks like he's got the strength, he's got everything that will, in his armour, he's become a phenomenal player for us. No, I agree. I mean, you mentioned uh, Giroud there. James Olley has written his piece on page 55 of 
uh, Wednesday's evening standard. The, the, the headline is Giroud is not the striker to tip the balance in a title battle. And I think we've had this debate. Well, it's, tr- it's clearly true. It's clearly true. It is, it is ultimately proven true. Um, and then you sort of, you know, he mentioned though his record of 78 goals from 137 starts, plus mm. 42 substitute appearances since arriving from Montpellier for 13 million in 2012, is very decent. But the suspicion Drew is a flat track bully remains. He has made 29 appearances against Chelsea, Man City, Man United, and Spurs in English football, three main competitions, and scored just four times. Yeah, because I'm comparing him as an Arsenal fan who has an ambition to win league titles and possibly even the Champions League before I die. I'm comparing that kind of strike rate to people like. Sergio Aguero to people like Didier Drogba when he was playing to our own players our own legends like Henri and Wright and those statistics are nowhere near any of those I'm afraid yeah no I think that, that's, that's the biggest problem is the, the Henri and Wright thing I think that's what people want people want someone like that people um, th- th- there's, a, there's an element of um, revisionism I think people remember people in different ways so um, when we lost Van Persie there was oh, he's, he wasn't Actually, I mean, he had a couple of good seasons, well, one good season for us, um, and he had certain moments in his career where he scored his goals, but his strike rate was weak, it was poorer than Giroud's goals per game. But Giroud, the way we play at the moment, and this again, I apologise for the repetition from, you can just listen to what I said in the last podcast about how he enables people around him to play and when he's playing well, he is also far too introspective, and that's where he falls down. I don't actually think talent wise he's lacking. I think it's, he's almost too intelligent that sounds daft I've done a couple of things with him actually that sounds again far <laughs> <Well, strange. laughs> actually, you know the last time I was on I said I was going to go to this uh, London Football Awards and it was a fantastic night lots of money was raised for the foundation had some great conversations including with James Ollie actually um, but I woke up the next morning uh, cradling next a, to- cradling, no cradling oh. cradling a signed <laughs> Olivier Giroud boot I'm at there was there was drink involved. There was overexcited, but and I'm obviously a big, I'm also a big fan of his from his foot. No, uh, yeah, no, I think he is what he is, and the problem is we need him to be better. We want him to be we want him to be better, and I think that's where you get people in the crowd siding up to you saying he's not very good. Well, he is good. He's just not what you want. Yes. Can I come out to you, all three of you, really? Because I was the only one out of the four of us who wasn't at Goodison Park. But what certainly came across um, on the television, which we haven't maybe heard in in recent games, was the very anti Cronkie um, chanting that that seemed almost new. I hadn't. I mean, I've I've been to a lot of the away games. I was in Barcelona and up at Hull with you. Well. did, did that feel like it was a huge majority or is it one of them where a few start singing then everyone sort of gets excited and joins no, in or do you think this was concerted no, the start of a big campaign there were a fair amount of fans um, singing, and what were they singing? singing it was um, it the first time because I found a few away club yeah yeah F off Stan Kroenke yeah. get out of our club yeah I mean the, I quite think, simple lyrics if anyone wants to I join think, in I think the chant spans from overall frustration um, because if, if you're winning uh, if you're winning games on the trot and, and, and such, then you're not going to sing these chants because you're happy about the status of the, your team's currently in. It, it takes me back to a few years ago when we just sold Van Persie. He scored in the first minute and Ivan Gazidis got the bearer of the brunt from the fans, as in what the F do you do, which I thought was completely ridiculous. He does a lot for our club. Uh, but it, it, it did remind me a bit of that. It reminded me of a time in the season where there isn't an awful lot to play for as you would have as much as you would have hoped at the start and then I mean the what Kroenke was in question for uh, earlier in the season and the season before was um, you know unsolicited not unsolicited payments but payments that weren't really uh, 
given there weren't many reasons given for these payments there was two payments of three million pounds and at the AGM and the supporters event we've asked uh, Ivan and, and the board and stuff like that like, what are these payments why are they and I think but the chance weren't sung after that and I just think it, it comes from a general sense of frustration around the season in, I, and I don't think I, it hasn't been sung before uh, yeah. I don't think it was sung in Barcelona not what I'm aware of but I just yeah What's your sense thoughts, frustration. well the weirdest thing about these sort of choreographed acts of uh, rebellion or anger are they seem to come after victories like the the the, yeah. the, the, the whole performance when the banner was unfurled again there was another banner on Saturday the arson Arsenal FC not arson FC with lowercase FC which really that's what offended <laughs> there was no me more than anything else there's no consistent but, design to that one but but having having said and I, I hate that sort of very throw well, he's not claiming it is. It's just unfortunate. It's, it, it's hardly sort of nominative determinism, isn't it? It, it? it is just something people jump on. But these choreographed acts of anger tend to be now happening weirdly out of place at victories. And it always like so when Ian Wright got um, so uh, annoyed at the muggy behaviour at Hull, I get that element of like, there is almost, the, I thought you were going to, when we linked from Giroud to the next point, it was going to be the groans, because there were groans when he came on, because yeah. things like that, there's a, there is a negativity around the club at the moment, undoubtedly, but I think we've got a right to not be happy about certain things. I, I agree with you on the, um, the fact that a few of these things happen after victories, but as much as I disagree with the, the idea of having a banner and the content of Thanks for the Memories, there is actually, I kind of think, well, if you're going to really believe it, then show it after a victory. Because winning 4-0 at Hull or 2-0 at Everton doesn't change your opinion, really, that Arsene Wenger is not the right man for the it, club. It, it, goes much, it goes much deeper. It doesn't change our season. It's another season of abject failure, I'm afraid. And there are two reasons. I think Will's right in terms of the frustration element. And there are two sides to it. One, they want a new manager. Two, they don't understand why every newspaper is reporting we've got £200 million or more and we're not spending any of it. Which is odd. Yeah. Would you say it would be abject yeah. failure if it was City top and Chelsea second and us third? Yes. You still would say it would be abject failure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. So because I you feel we have a team that should be winning have, the league? I mean, I feel like, um, I don't know, Will Young or Stephen Fry here, because I'm going to come out publicly, not in that way. Um, I have been like loyal publicly and, and personally to Arsene Wenger for a long, long time. No more. I don't think there's anyone, if you look at it logically, how can you justify keeping him in his position? I don't mind if he goes upstairs and they give him some role, that's fine. And I was thinking about it today, Josh, and the analogy I can make with it is this. And don't forget, he's been manager of our club for two decades. It's like when a relationship comes to an end. You don't have to be married. You can be a long-term girlfriend. And you have these magnificent memories at the start. And you have some, you go on these fantastic holidays, and you probably even have excellent sex as well. And then after a period of time, sometimes it breaks down irrevocably. And you can try the, I'm, I'm moving out, give me some space for, for, for six months. You can try the, let's go to relate. We've tried everything with Wenger, and I'm afraid nothing has worked. And it's, and you know, you may still love the girl, and I still love Arsene Wenger in many ways. Mm. He's, won, he's won three titles and six FA Cups and gone through an unbeaten season and got us to a Champions League final. Never's ever going to forget that. He's the most successful Arsenal manager in history and may well be for a long, long time. But there comes a point, I think, when you have to turn around and say, look, love, I'm sorry. This ain't working anymore. So, and yeah. I think the point's now. I, 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 again, I reluctantly agree. I think that it's... I'm, so I think it's the first time I've publicly said this, um, that it is 
a case that the club have stagnated now and it, the point for someone that is so all controlling the, 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 the finger can only be pointed at one man um, it's not saying that Kroenke's not using our club as some sort of business vehicle I'm not saying that that's the right I think I, I, him coming into the club is not a good thing however I don't see us kicking on to the next level which we ha- we are in a position to do now we are in a really we said this I think start of the season the first time was it's really exciting we've got a re- like, it's a new era we can do it. but it's not a new era if the same person it's the sort of it's the first sign of madness when you do the same thing over and over again despite failure and it's happened again you, you said just before we came on air that you thought the league title wasn't necessarily over no so were the 11 to 2 shot to happen <laughs> which Trevor and I would not be touching with a barge roll <laughs> And Arsenal did win the win the league. It would be a lovely moment for him to walk away. That wouldn't be enough to him to keep. I, I, no, no, no. I don't. I don't. I think it would we, be we, by we, default, we, we, we would win a poor Premier League yeah. if we win it. I yeah. think. I still there is an element of belief, and I blame bloody Francis Coquelin for this in his chest beating, eyes eye to eye contact, you got sweaty moment. About it. I did, uh, which is which is which is odd because um, I mean I am a huge Coquelin fan, um, and I like to see players giving a toss and he clearly does and I think that um, he's also very very good and I like to see players that I've players that I've liked from the start he's a good player and that's why I want to wanted to reference the on their knee Cockerland partnership Mm. partly again as a bit of a uh, thumb of the nose to those that were going well Ramsey and but no actually do you know what that's a partnership they complement each other they provide a base for us particularly in away games yeah. why wasn't he playing earlier we both had this conversation before we got on air that we heard the same thing that he wasn't impressing in training well that's again down to the manager but it's not down to the coaches and that's the other thing all I'm hearing from the likes of Steve Rowley and people like that from within the club not directly admittedly so I don't want to get sued or get Steve in trouble but there are things that he is so uncontrolling Wenger, that actually the coaches aren't, haven't had the opportunity to coach so I think at, at this point you've got to say the buck stops with one person what Ferguson did Ferguson went on and on and on and on but he also regenerated he was almost a little bit like Doctor Who in that every now and then he would go in he'd bring out a new sidekick he'd bring out someone else and it, it wasn't would on be, the BBC much like no. Doctor Who <laughs> But actually, his well, last, well played, his well last, played, yeah, his well last um, league title, Gareth, was was almost like a, a, a by default type title, wasn't it? It was a terrible Premier mm. League season, as it has been. Not terrible in terms of Leicester's a great fairy tale story, but the quality quality wise, yeah. it was. So he, but the difference between him and Wenger was he managed to win it, and Wenger yeah. will not. Will you and I are probably what, four or five years apart? Where when Wenger really for all of your Arsenal going life, I suspect has been in charge. Your first game was what year? Two thousand two. Right. So Wenger has been, been all, all you know, and I was there for a couple of years before Wenger, but only really got into it, I guess, when yeah. you know under Wenger. And are you now have that your same opinion, or are you kind of willing? If if I said now, right, this is narrow. We come third, which is the most likely. We we come behind Tottenham and Leicester, who come second and first respectively. Are you okay for Wenger to be there again in August? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, and the reason I say that is, you know, it's, it's not an easy decision to make. It's because I've... It's, it's, not, it's not really much to do with me knowing Arsene. Like, well, I, I have so many friends that support other football teams who've probably been through about 10 or 15 managers. And they say, you know, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a change. It's about the structure of the club and how your club can kick on with external, internal resources, etc., etc., etc. I think the two FA Cups we won warranted Arsenal's new deal because if you what we were crying out for for so long was silverware we were the laughing stock of English football in some ways for being such a prestigious club and not winning silverware and he went and bought us two FA Cups bought one should I say not bought incredible slip of the tongue there but he went and won those two FA Cups and 
and the two FA Cups, those are days that bring fans great, great memories. And uh, Gareth just touched on Cockerland there, like giving a toss and actually giving. He said, Arsene Wenger cares just as much as anyone in that stadium. And I know no one's going to deny that, but there are so many managers that we could bring in next season who have a different motivation to what Arsene Wenger has for Arsenal at the moment. Every goal that we concede and every game that we lose hurts Arsene Wenger just as much as us. But we are conceding the same kind of goals, and we have done for the last ten years. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get. I don't get this obsession with people putting time labels on Arsene Wenger's tenure you say 10 years in those 10 years we have won two FA Cups we have reached a Champions League final and the landscape of football uh, has changed uh, the landscape of football you've had incredible financial doping uh, in the game you've had great teams you've had Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo lording it all over Europe players who are incredibly hard to stop and you've had a financial restriction in place for Arsene for many years at the new stadium that he's 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 bought us he didn't build it or anything like that but he has provided the platform for he is he's an Arsenal legend and for me to kind of drive him out in this way it's just it's for me it's a bit toxic yeah and I don't I don't like the idea of, of driving him out I think that I, but, but I think there is an element of toxicity toxicity around the club at the moment and infighting and things like that so I don't like that I feel I've, I've ranted in the past about the lack of class shown by certain fans I actually think that that banner not the Arsenal FC not Arsenal FC but thanks the, for thanks the memories. memories is actually it's not it's not calling someone a it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a daubed like compare that to how Chelsea treated Rafa Benitez when yeah. he arrived at their club that's yeah. one of the differences between Arsenal and Chelsea actually there's a class the, element I, I, <laughs> but I, I honestly do see it is I don't see anyone in world football at the moment who is free that can improve Arsenal more than Arsene Wenger is keeping us. Well, yeah, right how do you know who's free though? Because I can think of I can think of three possible scenarios: people who might very well be free in a couple Name months' them. time. Sure, Diego Simeone's one. I think he was earmarked to go at Chelsea. Then they're going to get Conte. I think Simeone would be a great fit. Jurgi Löw is another who said that after the Euros, um, he may want to go back to club manager. Jurgi Löw, it's not not an unreasonable suggestion, but let's not forget, you talk about 10 years with Arsene Wenger. Jurgi Löw spent years with an absolutely fantastic Germany team falling short in the same way fans see that Arsene Wenger So he did win the last World Cup. He did win the last World Cup. Arsene Wenger's got a season unbeaten with Arsenal. You can put whatever time frame you want. The achievement does not expire. It's stands in history and Jurgi Love's World Cup will stand in history but what will also stand in history in, in the times that Arsene has unfortunately failed to win elite titles that he failed to win two European Championships and two World Cups with an, an incredible German team with the likes of Miroslav Kloser and a prime Lukas Podolski unfortunately it happens in management well, it, I, 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 I think, could say it's more of a tune out of Mesut Ozil than Arsene Wenger does but that's, that's another but, which is what I incredibly sh- unfair who, I is also, player, <laughs> who is our player of the season oh, by street this year also, no Petr Cech's our player of the I season also disagree, I disagree wildly because I've watched Germany a lot and, and he actually turns in much better performances I, I guess he's a, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a better player for Arsenal what I wanted to say about the time thing is a lot has changed in football in that time it's not like it's the level the amount of time that's gone it's more about how the landscape's changed the landscape's changed Wenger hasn't changed with it and that's what hurts me because I again I've had the privilege and pleasure of working with him I've had the privilege of spending a lot of time with him he is a wonderful human being a fantastic manager a legend of the club but we have now stagnated or we have not moved with the times I know a sports scientist who's done a lot of work with the club again we used to be ahead of the curve we're now behind the curve stuff like that shouldn't happen at our club and that unfortunately falls down to the manager and I think that so 
talking about who, what, where. It's all a bit tabloid. Like I was, I always used to want clock because I, I thought that you needed someone who had a big personality and, and, a, and a vision to come in. I'm now actually of the, and this might sound absolutely bonkers, and this might actually see me being the last time I ever appear on this, but someone like Remy Gard, actually, who is a bright bright guy who clearly has been given a, a terrible job at Villa. Yeah. He was someone who understands the club, is intelligent enough to keep a, a, a transitional period in place, so it, it's not like a Ferguson to Moyes. It is a clear thing, but he will grow into it with the right people around him, and it's that phrase that's key for me. It's the right people around him. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Remy Gar to get a job as prestigious as Arsenal, because yeah. much as you know, Villa has been a, a terrible job to walk into, it has not improved in any way since he's been there um, no but it's been, he's failed been made to even, even harder, get out and they, they've got been made even harder for him by, by the people above him whereas actually Arsenal's been seemingly again we're not in those conversations been given a lot of backing yeah I mean I, I, what was interesting was you hear you Trevor sort of you know as you say come out and against Wenger sort of remaining at the club beyond this season and, and Will defending us I think obviously you, you come from you know different generations of support and more and yours will and I feel it's more actually of the, the, the young fans who have you know people my age you know, I feel they're all getting anti now mm. yeah, I feel that, I'm in a I'm, I, in, a, I'm, I'm in a massive too. minority yeah. let, let, let being me, with let, you let me and just, yet it seems to be more of the my, my dad's yeah. friends who I speak to are kind of more positive but still I feel now it, it's kind of the weight you know for, for a long time we debated this civil war amongst Arsenal it's 50-50 60-40 now I, I, I have to sort of accept it is more like 80-20 well yeah. two, two, two things I mean my first my first Arsenal game was in 1971 it was a league game against Burnley and, and obviously you'll know we won the double that year we did not win the league again until we famously won it in Anfield in 89 so that's a, that's a longer period of time than it's been since the last time we won yep. the league to now the one thing I was going to ask, actually, all of you, because I saw a story online today from a reasonably reliable source, which said that Arsenal had potentially made an indirect approach to uh, Jose Mourinho. Um, you saw this story. So he was basically advised not to sign a, a anything until May, even though we, we know he's being courted by Manchester United, uh, because there was a possibility that Arsenal may come knocking at his door. What, I'm curious what you guys... Would you want him if he, if he said he'd come? If, just if, find... if he comes near Arsenal, then it'll, it'll, yeah, sure, it, sure it'll dampen my mood no. to attend football. Not, not a chance. The man is vicious, toxic, and a spiteful little coward. Like, he also, he also I, could, I think he should get off the fence I, a bit, though. I, 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 he, he, I could not. he also criticised <laughs> hey, the Chelsea yeah. Football Club, and that you said about the lack of class and stuff like mm. that. I think that if ever a manager fitted a football club, it was Jose Mourinho oh, yeah. and Chelsea, and therefore yeah. Yeah. no. And it's not about win at all costs. I hate the win at all costs mentality in football because that does then promote the idea of cheating and gamesmanship and things like that. And I do not want that at the club. That no, I I, listen, I completely share both of your views. I would not yeah. want him to be our manager. That's that's one of the main reasons. Also, I think he's starting to lose his touch a little bit. We, I think we saw that this season. He may come back and make United great again. But I thought some of his press conferences when he was at Chelsea earlier in the season, I remember one when they lost at home to Liverpool and he came in and it hadn't been a, a particularly controversial decision in the game and he's like, I'm not saying anything. So he came into an after-match live interview. It was a live interview, not actually the press conference, a live interview on Sky. And um, the question was, you know, your thoughts, Jose? And his reply was, I'm not saying anything. That was it. I'm like, that's almost bringing the club into disrepute, really. But, 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 but also, the, my Mourinho hatred spans from, obviously, I'm a bit defender of Arsene Wenger. Well, the Voyeur and, thing. And, and, and uh, that, and also the constant obsession with Arsene Wenger in press conferences yeah. and comments Arsene yeah, yeah. has made against oh, no, Chelsea. I, 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 see, I mean, see, for me, it just comes down to him being a massive thunder cunt. 
Like, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. That, we, that, we, that, I'm that, sure that we, we all share that. Yeah. Like, you can put all the, like, little... He is a terrible human being. Um, yeah, we had the Donald Trump conversation before we came on air as well. Um, it gouged those, someone's eyes out on those, the touchline. Those, like, two, those two, yeah, those two can go to a handcart. Um, well, I'm not, I, I think it unlikely that our board are going to employ, appoint someone like Mourinho. Can I, I mean, let me Psychopath. float this completely left field suggestion okay. to you, right? <laughs> right. And uh, because I, I tend to agree with the philosophy that great teams, you start at the back. I know it might not be um, glamorous to say that, but I think it's true. How would you feel about a scenario where you took someone, I think one of the best young managers in the country, Eddie Howe, mm. who may not yet be ready to manage a club of Arsenal stature? So you, you appoint him, and you can, you, can, you can use whatever titles you want, and you bring in, you bring back from the cold, George Graham, with a specific brief to sort out the back four. Because don't forget, George Graham had sorted out the back four when Arsene Wenger enjoyed most of the success. It was, it was George Graham's back four. And I tell you this, if we this season had had Dixon and Winterburn as our fullbacks, Bolden Adams at centre-half, and um, whether it doesn't matter who's in goal, because Czech's good, but Seaman or whoever, we would have won the league, in my opinion. And we say it would have been a lot closer than we are. We scored three goals at Liverpool, didn't win. We scored two goals at Old Trafford and lost. If the modern day versions of those players have been there, and I was chatting to Lee about this the other day, and he's a very big Hector Bellerin fan, and I think that the fact is they were outstanding for their era. My little brother is a lot younger than me. He's actually an Arsenal fan. He follows the family team in Sunderland. He follows my old man's team. But, so he likes to rile me. And he will watch the Premier League years or the Premiership years or whatever from 1997 and just turn to me and go, God, this was shit. And actually, the standard, the, st- the start, how quick it is, and talking to people in the game now, it's a very different league. It's a very different form of football. I think if those players were sort of transposed to the modern era and their quality was of the, yeah, I think they would struggle, actually. I think Lee and Nigel would both struggle massively with the way modern football is played. Having said that, I like your idea of someone who would come in and put a bit of structure around the, uh, I guess, the ideology. We have an ideology at our club. I like the fact that from the very moment a child comes into our academy, the way they're played, the way they're coached is consistent. It's a really, really strong thing to have in a club. Don't change that. Just add a little bit of structure to the first team. Add a little bit of, not cynicism, but understanding that sometimes you've got to adapt. And that adaptability is where we fall down. And then, yeah, I don't know who that person would be, but I, and I don't think it's George Graham. But someone who is able to organise a defence, I think it's is imperative that that's part of Because I don't think Steve Bowles doing it. I don't think Arsene Wenger lets it. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think Steve Bowles being allowed to In the same way that Pat Rice didn't either. Um, we've got to draw towards a conclusion, sadly, which has been an enjoyable podcast where <laughs> Trevor has finally come out against Wenger. <laughs> Gareth has finally come out against Wenger. If Boyd was here, then it would be it would literally be fighting. Each we've, other, all you know? we've all basically accepted we're not going to win the league because it would require Leicester losing three of the last seven I'm games. I'm not giving up, yeah, thank and us winning. Well, it would require very optimistic Matt, mathematics. Yeah. Ferguson's Ferguson's Man United dropped about eight points in the space of six or seven games. And also, if Any, look, we, we, we live in hope. Yeah. Uh, yes. We live in hope. Our next game is against Watford, Watford on the second of April. So we should have a little preview of that because our podcast will be after that. So. Um, Trevor when we're back after the international break hopefully no injuries for the Arsenal team um, more fatigue which sounds unlikely because we seem to only get um, injuries at, uh, whenever our players are off um, I mean every game now is um, do or die in the sense of you know any slip up is a complete even for Gareth the most positive member of today's podcast that is the end of a title but you Watford at home uh, well I'm, I'm kind of as, as concerned as not not slipping out the top four as, as the, the vague 
possibility of catching Leicester Stroke Spurs. But oh, anyway, well, I don't know. West, West Ham are playing very well at the moment, and mm. United have just won the derby. So, But um, in answer to your question, I think the way these things work so often, because they beat us in the cup, um, we'll probably beat them 3 or 4 nil at home in the league. Seriously, aren't Yeah. Uh, I think, no, I think... We're going to agree with Trevor on that. I don't agree about the top four thing. I think that we should be looking. I think we're going to overhaul Tottenham. I don't think we're going to get to Leicester. I think that um, I, there's, there's probably ten percent of me that still believes. I didn't. I went to the Everton game really blissful because I'm like I can just enjoy this now weirdly because it was my brother's birthday. We went up to Hotel Football, had a lovely time. It was all part of a big experience. It's like, hey, the football's just going to be you fun. Went to Hotel Football. Do you think the game was at Old Trafford? <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm not staying in Liverpool, man. Jesus. Um, no, but it's because I do a lot of work with them and they looked after my brother. It was lovely. Actually, they gave it was a top bit of banter from them it's where really they nice, they though, gave yeah, yeah. They, and and Gary is a fantastic supporter of the, what we do, which is great. And he's genuinely so very, yeah, yeah. So he, he's he's been doing a lot of stuff with us partly through the hotel football stuff um, but yeah top bit of banter they left a signed Lee Sharp room Sharp shirt in my mine and my brother's room as a present score a yeah exactly awesome. with a note saying um, YouTube this uh, to my brother uh, so yeah so basically they Man United fans taunted a disabled person anyway um <laughs> The, um, <laughs> so we went up there and I actually went to the Everton game thinking oh well we win Leeds but we're not in the title anymore it's fine but, and we won and I'm like god damn hope and it was the, yeah. the, the tub thumping crockland moment that helped me believe again a little bit and then Leicester as Trevor said I think might have been off air now said straight away when you said wind out of ourselves they win again but we'll beat Watford and I think talking about bursting bubbles I think we'll pop West Ham's I think we're going to win up Upton Park that's I'm a really tough, that's a I'm tough really game ex- but I think we'll be up for it I think it's, it's, it's I think we're likely to win that game and then it will be back on to an extent and we'll be ahead of Spurs um, <laughs> okay, we're delighted. Will beat Watford. Um, beat Watford. Would you yeah, say? Um, Everton's performance against Everton gave me a lot of, uh, you know, lot, lot of reason for promise. I think we'll go. I think we'll try and replicate that performance against Watford. Just as Gareth was saying, saying, uh, saying against Cockerland uh, coming over at the end, he chucked his shirt into the uh, into the crowd, and my friend next to me, Michelle, got it after wrestling it off. Was it thrown like, at her? No, it was. Well, it, it, it was, up, it was I hate was, it when there's a scrum. It's it, embarrassing. It, 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 it was. It was. I mean, if it was everywhere near me, I'd be involved. Well, sure. at, that, at that point, I was trying to use my disabled brother. Going, give it to him. Give it to him. He deserves it. No, nothing. No, it was. It was up in the air. I think and Michelle was, was smaller than me, which, as you all know, not good for podcasting, which takes some doing. Yeah. Um, uh, she grabbed it, and it was like a, a six foot man. And me and sure, Gareth knows my friend Sean. Kind of went over there, <laughs> gave him the eyes, and went, "Come on, this is a lady. You've got to give her the shirt." That she got Cockland sweaty, um, sweaty. Yeah. That's a good bit so, of so, so I'm going to go for Watford I'm going to go for 2-0 Arsenal Yeah I think we'll be okay against Watford as well um, I think that's about it I've got, I've got a very quick gift to give you On I don't know why I'm doing this like, It's one of the most random things I've done So I spent the day at Bradford City today yes. It was your birthday yesterday So Thank a belated you. happy birthday to you Josh birthday, And yes. I knew it was your birthday And you were coming and I said I was like I've got to get him something Shit I'm going to Bradford City Home of so many good memories for Arsenal um, So I got what every right-minded person would do. I got you a Bradford City toothbrush. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, with a magnet, which apparently you can attach to uh, various things and then attach the magnetic toothbrush to it. So, there you go. Uh, enjoy. That's a, some Bantam's banter. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a Bantam's brusher. That's terrific. Um, it's always good to have some additional ones because you don't always take the electric one on holiday. Yeah. So, uh, I will use that. Um, to clean the grout? I don't know. Don't, maybe not. Maybe long term. Any toothpaste with it or you didn't go that far? Mate, come on. How much like does this cost you, in the official club shop? Do you know what? I checked the price off it and I was going to leave it on there. Six pounds. That's 
six pounds. I was only hoping you receipts by any chance. <laughs> well, for when you're next up at yeah, next up at Valley Parade, might be six pound off the rep because sure. At the, bottom, at the bottom, saying that is genuinely merch, extremely kind of you. I am, I am pleased. Um, I will use that well. Um, <laughs> we are back in two weeks' time, I believe, on the uh, the sixth of April, I think. By which point we can only hope that no players have been in- injured on this national duty, that we've beaten Watford and that Leicester and Spurs have lost. Jamie Vardy's dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't hope that. We don't, we don't, we no, don't hope that. He's just, just, just party too hard. That's all we need. Yeah, yeah we need him to you on a mass party. Anyway, listen, thanks so much for listening. Thank you very much to Will, to Gareth and Trevor, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Cheers. Adios. Cheers. Adios. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network.